well, well, we meet again here on the 22 and Catch 22 podcast. Coming to you live from uh, my over a decade old Explorer on my way to work, as I do every day. Uh, feeling a little queasy this morning, huh? Stomach's been eh, eh. But whatever, I'm not going to complain. Going to get into that a little bit later. I read an article about... Well, I didn't finish it. I didn't have... I was going to finish it. I just didn't have time to finish it. Um, about how millennials are the burnout generation. And it's like... I just... I can't believe there's a whole article trying to... I don't know, I don't know what its fucking goal is, man. But it's just... This whole article is about how millennials are hardworking and too hardworking and they don't have time to fucking, I don't know, get their laundry done or some shit. I don't know what the fuck it is, man. We'll get into that later, but there's really not much that happened last night. I was, like I said, I was all queasy. <laughs> so I went to bed all early. Had some tea. Oh, that's when you, that's when you know you're in trouble, when you, when you start making tea. A couple things kind of show my age the past couple weeks, and that that's that's just one of them. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, Clemson won the national championship last night. I watched about three minutes of that game. It was a blowout. Clemson rolled all over Alabama. I don't know. Like, I'm not a big comfortable guy. I guess Nick Saban's retired now. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. I don't pay too close attention to that. Uh, but I guess it was... I mean, I, just saw, I saw the final score today. It was just an absolute massacre. Uh... That's it. The long week continues. Um, Monday wasn't too bad, minus the. Uh, I still got this fucking stomach on it. Minus that kind of that thing. Monday kind of zipped on by. I feel like the rest of this, the week is gonna drag. Monday wasn't bad though. But as as I wait for divisional playoff weekend, and maybe it's, maybe that's the stomach. Maybe I'm just having the anticipation, the excitement, the nerves. <laughs> All right, this is really the culmination of an entire year of football, and then you get then and then, then you have you know, then it's just three games left. You know, Super Bowl is great and everything, but it's just one game. So, uh, maybe it's just the nervousness, excitement that we're here again. I don't know, or it's something I ate. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I want to start today with crazy conspiracy theories, like. Who planted this fuck? I mean, there's a little bit of snow on the ground this morning. Barely a dusting. Like, the street's already clear. I mean, just a couple cars. It's, like, wet now. It's not, right? The snow's on the grass. It's barely, doesn't even cover the grass. And I get this motherfucker ahead of me going, oh, a cool 25 miles an hour. Uh, but come on, buddy. I'm not asking you to fucking fly around here, but do 40. 35. What are we doing? So I'm going to start with crazy conspiracy theories here because uh, I, I feel attacked by a bigger company today. Um, you know, I'm a little guy. I'm nobody. I'm a shit heel. Let's be honest here. I do a fucking... I throw my headphones in. They have the wire. I guess it's a thing. You know, AirBuds versus regular headphones. That's the thing. I get the wire. So I guess it makes me poor. I'm a shit heel. Whatever. I'm nobody. 
a couple weeks ago, I'm in my pitch, the Mike Lombardi pitch, the most, the, the famed Mike Lombardi pitch. Uh, was relatively successful, minus, you know, getting the okay. All right. I've since done a Sopranos episode. This is before they did it. They're doing the fucking marathon HBO. I did a Sopranos episode post-Christmas. Talking about uh, the episode to save us all from Satan's power, which is a Christmas episode. Tony has flashbacks about Big Pussy and uh, from season three. So yesterday, so they, so my pitch to Lombardi was about doing a podcast leading up to Scorsese's next movie, The Irishman. Obviously, it'd be over the summer, you know, it'd be over the summer or something. I have no idea because I'm not really sure when this movie comes out. But you go over Goodfellas and you go over Rage and Bull. You do just you do four of the Scorsese, De Niro compilations, compilations, not compilations. Um, Fuck's what I'm looking for. What up, man? It's really fucking early. You go over four of the um, efforts that Scorsese and De Niro put together leading up to what's probably their final gangster movie. And then you do one on The Irishman after it comes out. So, in the aftermath of that, I said, well, look, The Sopranos, that's my bread and butter. I'm going to watch The Sopranos do an episode on it. I mean, I watch it every Christmas anyway, every Christmas Eve, so I'm going to just do an episode on it. I thought, you know, took some notes on it and just kind of did 22, did the 22, 22 minutes or so. So if you want to go back to last week and listen, it's, you know, it was pretty good. I think it was rambling and, and rushed, but it was, uh, you know, it wasn't polished, but it was just, you know, it, I know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to these shows. And then yesterday, he announces on the show, on his, on his, on his um, weekly podcast with Cousin Sal, that he wants to do a rewatchables on The Sopranos. Uh, and that fucking hurts, man. Look, what are the odds that he's actually coming for me? Like, trying to just push out the competition? What are the odds that he's actually doing it to squeeze me out? Probably like, I don't know, less than 1%, right? He's not, oh, you motherfuckers. I mean, you fucking useless piece of shit. Ah, oh, fuck you. Man, you could make that fucking, like, Jeep Laredo. Driving like a goddamn, ah, uh, fuck you, man. Nothing pisses me off more than missing this light. This is such an easy light to make. If you just hit a little bit of gas, I swear to God, if the fucking train comes now and we were stuck in for another five minutes, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Anyway, what are the odds he's actually coming for me? Not, they're not high, right? They're not high. He heard, he heard me. It's, it's not. The odds aren't in my favor here. But I, I truly feel attacked. You know, big company, very easy to squeeze me out of this market, which I don't have any stake in at all. But it's very easy to squeeze me out, and it makes sense. But let me just tell you something, man. I had this fucking idea a week before this guy had it. I'm, intellectually, that's all that matters. I mean, monetarily, uh, of course, he he wins in every possible way. But uh, I can't help but feel like he's trying to shut me up, man. And then he and Sal... First of all, he's doing the Godfather one today, which I'm looking forward to hearing. He's doing a Godfather rewatchables today, which I'm looking forward to hearing. He said it goes over two hours. Um... 
I plan on I plan on enjoying it on some level, but I also know I'm gonna there's something's gonna piss me off in it. I just fucking know something's gonna piss me off in it. I'm not sure what it's gonna be. But last week he was talking with somebody about I was talking to Rusillo about the Godfather and Godfather Two. And they are talking about this Rewatchables podcast and he was saying to Rusillo something about Godfather and Rusillo said something about the beginning of the Godfather when um Oh fuck. I forget oh when um Pantangeli is drunk and knocking shit over the table in the beginning of The Godfather and Alfredo's drunk or whatever something about that basically he fucked it all up oh no Alfredo's date was drunk in the beginning of The Godfather which that's not being The Godfather Alfredo doesn't have a date in the beginning of The, beginning of the Godfather Alfredo is just hammered coming over to Michael Corleone in the middle in the beginning of The Godfather and Godfather 2 he's got a date that's drunk and Michael's got to get him to get his shit together That fucking bothers me. That little minute stuff. Look. It's not minute, actually. It's not minute. Okay, that's... It's, it's major, okay? Especially because the, the girlfriend plays not a major role in Godfather 2, but, a, you know, a semi-pivotal role where she's, you know, she's around. Eh, it's not pivotal, I guess. But she's involved in the story, okay? So, Whatever. I just buy a bother. Something's gonna piss me off in this fucking thing today. So then yesterday him and Sal were talking about it, about the Sopranos, and doing uh and doing a um rewatchables on it. And Sal's talking about fast forwarding through the therapy scenes. And then he's complaining about the ending of it. Fucking ten years later. First of all, if you didn't like it. 10 years ago or didn't get it 10 years ago whenever whenever the fuck the actual finale happened if you didn't like it or didn't get it then whatever that's fine let it go but the whole the great part about the ending is that it's fucking it's allowed this conversation to go on for 10 fucking years alright David Chase come out and say you know all, all these people the fans of the show cheered Tony on as he did his as he did all these crimes he cheated on his wife as he uh, you know stole robbed murdered all these terrible things cheered him on and now they want to see him get his comeuppance right now they want to see his blood splattered all over a fucking diner in North Jersey right and basically that's what he did he killed the audience basically right that's basically what it was he whacked you. And if you don't fucking get that now, or if you don't go through the time... Like, there's fucking essays written about the finale, about that fucking last hour of Sopranos. Essays written about it. Yeah, do I think he was fucking with us a little bit? Yeah. But, whatever, man. I don't give a shit. I don't need, I don't need the, the satisfaction of seeing this guy get shot. I like the fact that I'm still fucking talking about it ten years later. I love that show. And the, and the finale is one episode. I don't know, do I complain about Seinfeld's finale? No. I think it's fucking hysterical now, looking back at it. And, like, just how they did it was so fucking weird. But that's a whole that's a whole other conversation, the Seinfeld thing. So I can't imagine, like, fast-forwarding through the therapy scenes. Like, you really, like... 
That's like a kid who just picks the marshmallows out of the fucking Lucky Charms. Are you kidding me, man? Grow the fuck up, man. Like, what? what is this? That Those scenes with Melfi... They give... They give uh, life to other scenes throughout. It's... It gives you an understanding about where Tony's head is. Some of them were bad. All right, I'm going to give you some. Some where he was, like, confessing his love for her were bad. Okay? And that's, like, uh, fourth season, fifth season, maybe? I don't know. Fifth season, I think? Yes. And I will be the first to fucking... I, I, I can tell you what the good episodes were, the bad episodes were. I'll let you know what the weak points of seasons are, the strong points. And there's no redeeming quality to an episode or whatever. Like the one people always complain about the Columbus episode, and I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I can tell you, it has redeeming qualities to it. It's not a good episode. It's not a strong episode. And I have a feeling I know what happened, and I think they went a little further than they wanted to, but I don't know. I'm just all speculation. Um, but it has redeeming qualities to it. But it's, it's up there. It's like one of the worst episodes there are. So I'm like, I'm very honest about it. But those Melfi scenes give give color to the rest of the, of the series. Like, he steals shit from her. It's not steals, but he uses stuff that he learns in therapy, like, outside of that, right? He he says things. I mean, there's one classic. I, I, can, I can say classic every one. I, I can't say that. Everything's going to be fucking classic if I start saying that. But there's one scene where... He, he's talking to Melfi about his mother and she talks about she says something in you know talking about uh, oh fuck he t- <laughs> Captain Teague I forget the fuck it was the joke and then she says something about seniors being inspired and then Tony in arguing with his mother just yells at her like I know seniors who are inspired <laughs> like, no you don't man it's, fu- it's fucking like you don't this adds light to the rest of the fucking show. So if you fast forward through, like, I get it. You're bored with the fucking conversation, but that's the writing. That's where writing, that's a challenging um, lesson in writing right there. It's a challenging exercise in writing is doing those therapy scenes, which is, you know, you don't want to reveal too much about Tony. You don't want her to feed him, like, spoon feed him shit where he's, it's got to be kind of, put in there, kind of weaved into the conversation, and then and then it's got to come out, and it's got to be woven into another conversation 10 or 20 minutes later in the same episode, or even an episode later or something. So, God, I don't know, you, you just, you're missing out on the, on, on what made that show great, like, yeah, I love the gangster shit too, and you don't get, you know, you're not watching Goodfellas, you know, waiting for, uh... Uh, Paul Sorvino to sit down with the shrink like he's just not doing that but it's not the kind of show it was right What if it was just another gangster show how long would it have fucking lasted alright I mean how many gangster shows have we like break mad worked because it was about this chemistry teacher it wasn't just about some meth about some guy we've done we've done the gangster movies we've done all these gangster movies how and then you can see the end of Sopranos it just became there's a lot of ripping stuff from the headlines there was a lot of um, gangster movie tropes right just kind of 
this guy versus that guy and New York versus New Jersey and it wasn't it wasn't as fulfilling because it wasn't as rich because it didn't have a lot of the aspects from the first few seasons like I really I looked back, I was watching the first season I watched second and third and I watched a little bit of the fourth last night as I passed out uh, the first season has great episodes but it has some weak episodes that episode with the rap guy is terrible it's not good Master genius, like that whole. It, it's like if you want to talk about aged poorly, like that one ages real poorly because it, it, it's kind of messy. The race relations. I'm not saying it's. I don't know if it's insulting. I'm not one to say it's messy though. And Master Genius is a shitty actor. That guy is just a terrible fucking actor. Uh, and it's really bad, really bad. And Adriana's kind of just getting her her legs. She turns out to be great. That's early on, Adriana. And uh, didn't quite have her her sea legs under her just yet. She wasn't. She evolved. And like last night, season four, you see her with uh, you know dealing with Christopher getting he's getting a, he's full blown drug addict now. He's getting abusive. And uh, you know she's 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 good. She's a powerhouse. So. Adriana La Serva. How was he saying? That is one fine... I don't know what he says. So, I don't know. I feel personally fucking attacked. He's coming for me, man. He really is. Look. I go toe-to-toe with anybody at the ring and we're going to call my Sopranos. I can tell you that right off the bat. Toe-to-fucking-toe. All right? I'm not even questioning it. And the god... Oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck was that? There's a, why is there a flashing light under this bridge? It looked, it looked like something was like du- jar- jutting out into the fucking street. Heart just sank for a second there. I thought I was going to hit something. Fuck me. It's the fucking blinking, broken light. I does not belong there. All right. Or I'm just fucking losing it. So this... um. Well, listen, if I had to tell Bill Simmons one thing, I'd be like, give me a call, man. I'm not sure if I'm any good at this podcasting thing, but I know I know my shit when it comes to Sopranos. If you do the rewatchables, Sopranos without me, you're nuts. You're nuts. Okay? I don't know. I, I'm not good at selling myself. I can't tell you how fucking good. I'm just, I suck at selling myself, so I'm not, I can't sit here and be like, ah, I just can't sit here and say it, like how good I am. It's up to you, man. You heard the podcast. I'm not. I'm a little rough around the edges. I know, but I, I know that I can fucking. I know I can. I could hang for an hour on an episode or two, on any given episode of The Sopranos. Probably, most likely, I could do it blind. I might need to rewatch some of them. I haven't done it. It's been a good year and a half since I've done a good rewatch. Because usually, what I do with Sopranos is it's one of those things where I'll like just put it on. I'm cooking. Uh, yeah, you're a school boss. You can just fucking take take turns however tight as you want. There's no fucking... All right, we're going. That's fucking guys cut across a lane and fucking turn. Um, usually I'll do is I'll just throw it on and watch. As I'm cooking or some shit. Doing work around the house. It's tougher with kids, though, because you can't just throw Sopranos on the middle of the day anymore. If I'm making the sauce on a Saturday night or Friday night or whatever it might be or... Um, 
I'm hosting the conference championship. Or the I'm hosting um, championship weekend. I'll you know I'll do I'll throw something on as I'm doing prep work the night before. That kind of shit. So it's a millennial thing, all right. I'm, it's, the article talks about how millennials are the burnout generation, and this is fucking insane to me. A hundred years ago, my fucking ancestors got on a boat at like twelve years old. Like, it's just fucking insane to me. Like, it just seemed like ah, fuck. I'm already here. I can't get into it. But it just seemed, it just seemed like one big excuse for whatever. Whatever you needed, just whatever you needed. We lived through this crisis, with the financial crisis. You know, we have the whereas one percent of the diminishing of the, of the middle class. And yeah, I have my own fucking struggles. I'm 36. I didn't expect you don't expect to make it at 36. I'm not. I'm not where my father was at 36. But you know, when I'm 46, then you know, come talk to me. I started late too. I also restarted my career. All right. I did a whole. I did a complete fucking career. Fuck that. A complete fucking life reset at like twenty something, maybe twenty six, twenty seven. So, you know, I, you can't do a stop and go life like that. Whatever. This not a bad article wasn't about me, but it's, it just seemed like talking about errand. What the fucking what the fucking term she used? I didn't pick up my notes once today. Um, errand anxiety or something ridiculous like that. Like, I, just fucking drop your fucking pants off, man. Or, you know, it just seemed like one big excuse to not fucking get your laundry done. Get your nar- your knives sharpened. And this author, in the fucking, in the, in the article, she writes that she had to take her boots to the cobbler. That was too much for her. Take your fucking boots to the cobbler. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck's a cobbler? I know what a cobbler is, but what the fuck are you talking about? You're just making shit up. Take your boots to the cobbler. You're really just making shit up at that point. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll finish the article today. I'll get a little bit more into it. But it's just... Do I have a minute? I got one minute here. So let me just go on. This one thing pissed me off this article. This mother of two. Of a six-year... No, six-month-old and a two-year-old. Posted. She was struggling to find the Christmas magic this year. Let me tell you something. When you're a fucking adult, the curtain's been pulled back on Christmas. Okay? We know what the fuck it is. You know it's you know it's consumerism, you know it's commercialism, uh, you know it's it's complete capitalization of a fucking religious holiday and whatever you but it is what you make of it, alright? We know what it is, okay? The magic's gone when you're an adult. When you're fucking nineteen, the magic is gone. So when you are your age, and you have two fucking little kids, it's up to you, are you going to be this bubbling asshole, oh, I can't find Christmas magic, or are you going to fucking make the Christmas work for your kids, give them, it's all about them, it's not about you, your fucking Christmas magic, are you fucking nuts, Christmas magic, for me, was watching, every time my kids got excited to see Santa, or to see some lights, or Olaf was in somebody's fucking yard, that's the best part about it. That's the fucking Christmas magic, you idiot. I'm struggling to find the Christmas magic because I have so much to fucking do. Well, get in fucking line, you asshole. Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you're six months old. Don't give a shit about fucking Christmas. So that's on you. 
All right. If you don't get any joy wrapping them up in uh, in a little Christmas onesie, that's on you. I don't give a shit. The guy wasn't for me either when my kid was six months old. And I had a two-month-old for Christmas. She didn't, or had, They both were three months and two, two months old. They were both born in, in the fall. So they are both very young that first Christmas. And they don't give a shit. My wife liked dressing them up like that, you know, in red and green and little bells and shit like that. It wasn't for me, though. But she liked it. Whatever. It was cute. I, if it was just me, I'd put them in whatever onesie. I'm functional. I'm functional at that age. But she liked it. Whatever. It was cute. And there's nice pictures from it. So, you know, good on her to think ahead. Because you know, for me, you know, it was kind of like uh, just like a brown onesie. <laughs> brown because it doesn't show the spit up. Uh, whatever. So I got to go catch this train. I, I, I want to get more into that article. I'm going to finish it today. I'll take some more notes on it and get, get my thoughts in order here. But that fucking pissed me off. I can't find the Christmas magic because I have too much to do. Get the fuck out of here, man. It comes and goes, and that's it, man. Enjoy, enjoy it while you can. Because you know what? Next year, maybe you're not around. Maybe you're dead next year. So enjoy it while, you, enjoy it while you're here. Otherwise, you only get, you only get so many. Like I told my, like I told my, my son this year at Halloween, because he was starting, he was starting to get upset about something. I said, "Look, man, you can't get upset. Let's not do this. You only get one Halloween when you're six years old. All right, you only get it's it. So only one shot, and that's it. And something better." It's not gonna get any. It's not. It's not gonna, I didn't tell him this, but it's not gonna get. It's not gonna get any better than this. It's gonna, it might, it's gonna get worse at some point, and then it's gonna be gone. That's it. And same thing with Christmas, man. You only get so many when you're six, and you only get so many the rest of your life. Okay. I think about it all the time. My father, fifty-eight Christmases. That's it. That's it. My grandfather, maybe like seventy-one Christmases, something like that. Like you know, you don't get that many. So enjoy them while you can. If you can't find the fucking Christmas magic. Tough shit. Figure it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> On that uplifting note, hope you guys have a great fucking day. Uh, don't take any shit from anybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow.